Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is January the 14th. Yes, indeed. One month away from Valentine's Day. So I have a question for you. Yes. How do you know when it's time to upgrade your mindset? Well, funny you should ask. I have, Don't just jump I into have the eight signs. <laughs> You're supposed to vamp with me. We're supposed That's to be entertaining. Right. Okay, I'll try. It's been, it's been kind of a long day. I know. Yeah, well, there's lots of ways. And, you know, I, I found this outline or rediscovered it when I was looking for early warning signs. We had talked about that. And, you know, sometimes people can be in a rut for some time without really knowing it. And then right. it kind of hits them one day and they're like, gosh, I, I seem to have stalled out. So let's run through it. Yeah. And that's perfect, by the way. It's what I was thinking, too. Um, early warning signs. Write these down, listeners. You guys aren't ready for this podcast information hitting you hard and fast because we've been doing Zooms all day and we are in presentation mode. Warning, warning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, early warning signs. And this is something that most of you in California will be able to relate to. So the seismology. Also Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you see, by the way, or read how many uh, earthquakes, you did that wrong, hold it please, how many earthquakes had hit uh, uh, Puerto Rico since the end of December? Oh, it was a lot. It a was ton. extraordinary, yeah. Yeah. So well, Most of them small, fortunately. Right. But I didn't remember feeling any of them, fortunately. I think I felt one or two, but... Yeah. I couldn't swear to it. So here's the thing. Seismologists will look for early warning signs. And all a warning warning sign is, is, again, you guys in California will relate to, is that it's just essentially movement, you know, little shifts, little earth, you know, this is the other things. And like if you're in Southern California, they're watching the San Andreas Fault. They're watching the earthquakes that usually start out or the fault usually starts to basically uh, move in the desert and works its way to the coast. You guys know what I'm talking about. So. There's little early warning signs. And with those early warning signs, since they've been studying this for so long, they can then go and predict based on these little sort of movements that maybe you did or didn't feel, they can then easily predict or pretty much scientifically build a model around, well, this is what's going to happen next. So it has to do with the intensity of little earthquakes and the frequency of little earthquakes and where on the fault line, right? Where on the fault line the earthquake happened, how deep, Julie's point, uh, all these things, right? You guys conceptually understand what I'm saying. So those are early warning signs. If the scientists see that there's all these early warning signs that are leading to the big one, then obviously they're going to be going to alarm mode and they're going to tell people to be prepared and, you know, whatever, whatever. So why am I telling you this? Because in your life, there's early warning signs that you experience too. But the unfortunate part is there's no scientists watching you to determine how big of a, you know, earthquake you're going to experience in your life. And so early warning signs are simply the things that you look out for. You should write these down. You should think of your own list. But I'll give you some ideas. Early warning signs are simply things that you stop doing, generally speaking, or start doing um, that are going to, if gone unchecked, lead to what could be your own personal catastrophe. Um, and I'm just trying to be dramatic to get your attention, but you get the point I'm trying to make, hopefully. And I'll give you some examples of early warning signs from a, you know being a coach for a billion years. Number one, one of the things I consistently see once somebody is starting to show early warning signs and they don't always tell you this, you have to sort of figure it out, is if they start changing their um, 
sleeping habits, frankly. If you start seeing somebody basically uh, or, you know, they'll tell you on a coaching call that they're sleeping in or things like that, getting away from a morning schedule, breaking a morning routine that when they were following it, they were consistently successful. Well, that's clearly an early warning sign. There's another early warning sign that sometimes you look out for. Are people stopping to do the things that they had been doing previously that helped them to generate primarily generate primarily listing leads? Have they stopped doing those activities? Have they stopped proactively lead generating? What other early warning signs come to mind? Well, and I, what I was going to add is that you don't often do it on purpose. No, it's subconscious. Right. So, for example, somebody that that had a fairly good pattern of creating listing leads, but they get really super busy one week. Right. Or they're, you know, they're putting out fires, holding deals together, whatever, and they unconsciously stopped doing what it took to make those listings, uh, those listing leads, right? And then one week becomes two, and then the third week, now you're off for a month, and you don't quite know what happened to you because it was subconscious. Just like the early warning signs for an earthquake, you don't necessarily feel that, right? But the seismologists can track it before you do. So, you know, other early warning signs, you mentioned sleep, and I I would say not just sleeping in, but starting to have like a different start day every day. Right, and, and not different start time. A different start time every day. Uh, and even a different shutting down time every day where you just aren't having time discipline. Gaining weight. There yes. would be another one. Losing weight, though, it's gaining weight almost always. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you another one, and I see this a lot. Uh, it's very common, is alcohol consumption. Any kinds of you know excessive thing that you're going to be taking mm-hmm. around with you the next day that's going to essentially diminish your ability to be effective, there would be another one. Uh, not doing furiously fast lead follow-up, not following up on your leads. Um, another early warning sign is, let's say, according to your real estate treasure map, you're supposed to be going on an X number of listing appointments per month. It might be one, it might be 10, it might be a lot more than that. And you're not doing it. Yeah. So those I, would, are- I would say showing up late and or chronically rescheduling is another right. tipping point for people. Not attending or surrounding, not attending, you know, events or Zooms or things like that, that are going to put you in a, uh, surround you with people that are Obviously, they're trying to ascend as well. They're trying to climb the ladder. They're trying to self improve themselves. Not surrounding yourself with people that are going to, uh, you know, help you to elevate your your st- stature and status in life. But maybe are going to do the exact opposite. So, for example, are you spending a lot of time paying attention to the news or politics or any of these other things that are designed to subconsciously wear you out, stress you out, and then burn you out? Is that what you're doing? Well, guess what? That's an early warning well, sign. Social media addiction. Sure. I I'll, so I'll even say his name Gary, <laughs> uh, Gary in Inland California. Yep. So I could always tell when he had started uh, when he was um, reading too much politicized garbanzo beans, mostly on Facebook. I could always tell because he stopped prospecting. But even more than that, he stopped going on listing appointments because obviously he wasn't proactively lead generating. Mm-hmm. But I could hear it in his voice. And so normally he'd be a very energetic, fun guy to talk to. But when he started talking like this, like, you know. Yeah, I, I, he was but, losing but, his energy and enthusiasm. Right, because he was absorbing all the really insane energies that come from associating, letting your subconscious mind basically associate with all those things that are essentially worth, you know, the things everyone tells you you're supposed to pay attention to, um, which you absolutely shouldn't be paying attention to, have a media-free life. So in your mind, think about what your early warning signs are, and they're going to be very specific. Don't just have general ones. Have very specific ones, like early warning signs in a relationship with your spouse or your loved one. What would it be? Hmm. Well, I actually, I just came across this with coaching clients. Yep, me too. Um, 
having too much of too much of a separate schedule. I think I think it's Agreed. healthy to have your own lives, of course, but being so far out of sync with each other for so long that it becomes difficult to get back in sync. I'll tell you another one, mm-hmm. and this one's obvious. Should be sure not being intimate with yeah. your your loved one, your spouse, especially for extended amounts of time, right? Being inconsistent and inconsiderate. Um, I think that's big. And these things don't improve with time. No. I mean, those, these little th- and you know, to all these things, it's about time. You have to build the relationship. Well, a relationship. it's about effort. Right. Uh, it's a relationship with your kids and your loved ones and your friends. It takes effort. So if you're thinking, well, what are my early warning signs as to whether or not I'm going to have perhaps relationship or marital problems in the future? It's, you know, are you spending time with, are you actually putting in the effort? Are you actually being a good spouse? Yeah. Are you being the partner that you're, you know, hoping that they'll be for you? Or are you waiting around for them to flip a switch somehow and right. be the person you want them to be? The way you get someone to basically be the person you want them to be is you become that person. And then guess what happens? They'll start mirroring and matching your behavior. It's subconscious and they'll start doing it. So maybe you have to lead in your own business. There's other examples like that. Early warning signs. Maybe you have a great buyer's agent that's usually, you know, cranks out 30 to 50 units per year. And guess what? You're noticing that it's not that you a couple bad months, a couple bad months leads to a bad year. These are all the early warning signs you have to look out for. Mm-hmm. So what are the qualities and the characteristics of the things that you do when you're operating in the highest level of production, when you're essentially fully awake, fully aware, fully present, you know how you are, you know how you feel, mm-hmm. you know what you look like. Well, there's another one, right? Well, I was going to say that. Personal hygiene. Yes, especially with relationships when one spouse, and I guess it could happen with both of them simultaneously, maybe, um, stops doing or being what the other one signed up for, you know? like You're not being specific yeah. enough. Well, so I was going to give you an example. So okay. let's say that maybe when you got married, you were both at least in reasonably good shape, you know, taking care of yourselves, doing the um, all the medical stuff. And then one or the other or both starts to slide on that. And little by little, because, you know, you don't just become a putz overnight, right? But little by little, you stop kind of, you know, when people sort of degrade and stop. Hold on, Julie, are you trying to say something to me? No. <laughs> is this is this, is this marital counseling in the podcast? No. no, but that's a really good point. No, but it, and again, it's not usually intentional. And I think right. that it I see that more of course as you age, you know, where you so, can easily say, well, you know what, I'm thinking. But be more direct because yeah. obviously I know what you're saying. Yeah. So what she's saying is when you are in a relationship with somebody and then let's get back to real estate stuff. Yeah. Of right, when you're in a relationship with someone and you start out by, you know, being, you know, fit and trim and, you know, energetic and enthusiastic and then over time you become sort of a couch sloth and that's not what they originally signed up for and if you think that they have an obligation to essentially take this um, version of you um, and just essentially you've broken the contract with them right your contract your my obligation to julie is to keep myself in top form physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and of course financially. That's my obligation to Julie, yeah. or I don't deserve I her as my wife. Right. And that's the way we think of it. And so that's the reason we all often, you know, we do the things sometimes we have to do when we're at the gym, you know, and Julie's doing her squats with her 70 pounds. She's not doing it because she wants to. She's doing it because she knows that's part of having a healthy relationship. Some of this is going to make some of you uncomfortable. I realize that and I apologize. But just open your mind to what we're saying. And all sorts of little social contracts and agreements like that that you start to break, those are our early warning signs. Those are all little indications that maybe you need to be a little bit, you know, introspective and get yourself back on track. But as it pertains to making money, Mm -hmm. as it pertains to helping people buy and sell real estate... 
Yes. Okay. And what I find also is these things are intertwined, right? So usually, and let's reel it back into real estate. A question that I use in coaching a lot is what was your best day in real estate and what caused that? Think back to when you were just on fire, you had the best day, you ended that day going, man, I kicked some ass today. What caused that? And the answers are almost always the same. For example, I was following a schedule. I was working out. I was on top of my lead follow-up. But it's interesting when they get off on one of those things, usually they fall like dominoes. Exactly. So when you have your best days, these things are usually in combination. When you have your worst days, it's because you haven't just stopped working out. You also have stopped your lead follow-up. You stopped being on time, all that stuff. So there's accumulation effect. Yes. I like what you just said. So there's a positive accumulation effect. You know, let's just use a real practical one, the compounding interest, right? You deposit money, you invest it in something. It doubles in value every seven years, compounding interest. You know, seventh wonder of the world, as Warren Buffett says, the whole thing, right? So you have uh, positive momentum and then you have negative momentum. Negative momentum would be, well, you know what? I put on three pounds this year. Then I put on three pounds last year and I'll put on three pounds this year. And then I'll put on three pounds next year. And the next thing you know, after 10 uh, 10 years, you're uh, you're 100, you know, 30 pounds overweight, right? These things happen. Well, how about this? You go and you decide you're going to have your perfect real estate day. You're going to do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level. You're going to put yourself in a position to hear uh, the word no. You're actually going to do the real work of real estate. And you do it consistently. You do it consistently for a year, for two years. You're the top dog in your real estate business, in your market. Everyone thinks you're fantastic. But then you, you know, you know, your old schedule when you were at top of the world, you got up every morning at 630 you went on a half hour run, you came home and you did what you're supposed to do every morning and you you know did the proactive lead generation, you did the lead follow-up, you were drilled down. But then, to Julie's point, very important that you guys get this, yeah, you know what, 6.30 a little early, I'm going to start sleeping until 7.30. And then other things start to slip and it all happens really, really fast. And the next thing you know, what you have then fallen into is negative momentum that's going to destroy all the positive momentum that you just spent the past couple years creating. And the same goes true with every aspect of your life. Because here's the great lie of life. You guys ready for it? You ready? You never have arrived. There is never a point when you can say, like, for example, I'm in good enough shape. My relationship is perfect. My finances are perfect. My education level in real estate is My to-do list is done. My to-do list is done. My voicemail is empty. Right. That's called dead, people. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. But there's never a point in your life when you're done, ever. Yeah. And if you think your goal is to get to the point where you just basically are done, you will never get there because you're never done. And if you try to be done and become complacent, you know what, Julie? Listen, sweetheart, I'm 51 years old in March, and that is true, listeners, unfortunately, or fortunately. You know what? <laughs> fortunately, Here, there. See, you just slipped. Here's the thing with age. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> it's better than the alternative, right? Indeed. I'm going to be 51 in a, a few months, yeah. but it's better than the alternative. Indeed. Of not being 51 <laughs> yes. in a few months, right? <laughs> so I'll take it. Topped out. That's right? It. I mean, yeah. when you wake up and you're looking at the green side of the grass, you're in good that's shape. it. Yep. Good day. Right? Agreed. Box checked. Mm-hmm. But look, let's just say it's this parallel universe, Tim. <laughs> So Julie, I'm 51. I know I'm, you know, I know when we got married, I was like, you know, 160 and now I'm like, you know, 460. <laughs> I, I I mean, could you check, make sure my toes are, and feet are still there? And, you know, no, look, I know I'm, look, I'm done working. I'm not going to work anymore. You're I'm out. checking out. I'm out. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure out how to just do absolutely nothing. And I'm just so, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to all aspects of your life? Obviously, health goes away. Finances go away. Relationships go away. Education goes away. Your friends go away. Oh, we know. All, and I'm giving you, I'm trying to make you guys laugh. 
All right. Hopefully I'm not insulting any of you. I'm trying to make you laugh. Your dog doesn't recognize you anymore. <laughs> exactly. Your dog doesn't want to be around you because you don't walk him. So your yeah. dog abandons you. Yeah. Right. It's not good. But it, it it's never that one of those things happens and the rest stays It's the one same. or the other. And the the best, personally, yeah. I think mm-hmm. the clearest early warning signs and is uh, physicality. I really do I think, think you're that. right. Yep. Because it's related to not just one thing, right? Right. To me, that's discipline, right? And it's it's not just the discipline of what you're eating, but it's also that you're exercising. It is probably that you're also having a reasonable schedule, awake time and a sleep time. You're probably taking care of your sleep. You're not drinking health, too much your alcohol. Exactly. You're not Right. And you're drinking enough yeah. water during the day. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because on, I've noticed that on our coaching and our podcasts, some of the Zooms that you've been on, there's this theme of having a significant goal that has all these other little goals that are intertwined, right? So like we talked about, one of my goals is get to back to my eight minute mile on the treadmill. Well, that's the goal, but there's all these little things that have to happen in between. I have to show up to the gym. I have to incrementally increase my speed and, and watch my distance and speed relationship. I have to drink a lot more water. Um, you know, all of so those things can we level off there? relate to that big goal. But it's even, it's so... It- one of our trademark sayings is if you want ever-increasing levels of success, you have to do what you don't want to do mm-hmm. when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Yes. Listeners, listen to what head coach Julie just said. It wasn't just going to the gym. It's not good enough just to show up. You have to do what you don't want to do. In her case, it was not just going to the gym, but it's getting on the treadmill. She does not like to do that. Ever. Ever. Okay? <laughs> at the highest level. That last part, Yeah. that's where basically you can't fake it anymore. You can fake showing up to – I mean, there were – well, we, that is the hard part. Yeah, people show up, mm-hmm. and and mostly ladies mm-hmm. at the gym. Sometimes <laughs> this was true at Orange Theory. Yeah, we went I think to Orange it's Theory true at every gym, probably. And, and gym yeah. where they just show up and they work out for like a good solid mm, twenty seconds. Yeah, and then they'll check their cell phone messages for like the next ten minutes. Make a call, and, but they'll look nice. Make a call, fake a call, take a call. Right, make know. a call. Right, but but they've got they <laughs> yeah. look real. They look Jimmy. Right, they look good. Yes, yeah, so yeah. they've they've done like the first part showing up, but they're not doing the work. Right. And, and that, it's probably also not that consistent. And it's not like at a gym, it's obvious what you're supposed to do. You run a treadmill. You're supposed to, you know, run. But they don't want to do it. So <laughs> they're going through the effort, but they're not actually doing the actual work. And when you start thinking about it, that's an early warning sign. So, like, you know, obviously the there's early warning signs for everything. Start making a list of the things. Look, in life, there's five categories that, generally speaking, if you focus on these five categories and differing levels at different times in your life, you're going you're gonna to have a very nice, fulfilled, wonderful you financially abundant, you know, everything in your life. It's family, uh, education, finances, spiritual, and what's Educational. the other? I said that. Oh, family, physical, financial, spiritual, mental, and educational. Right. So if you keep those five categories in life of, of goal setting, if you keep them in mind and then you start checking yourself and ask yourself, Julie's, you know, helped you guys uh, to think in terms of what was the best day or best month or best year you ever had mm-hmm. in real estate. What did you look like? Yeah. Right? What did you sound like? How did you carry yourself? How did you, you know, what were your relationships like? What was your finances like? What was your attitude like? Write all these things down and then compare it to how you are now. Many of you are about to have your best year in real estate ever. So here's a little idea. Why don't you create a vision of the person that you are when you've had or you're having your best year ever? Seriously, it's cheesy, but do it because it really does make an impact. What do you look like? Do you have your haircut do, that you have now? Are you wearing what you're wearing? Are you standing like you're standing? Are you, you know, do you have the friends that you have? 
Are you watching what you're watching? Are you consuming it, you know, it through podcasts and whatnot? Are you listening to different things? Are you listening to things that are uplifting you and motivating you and educating you? What are you doing and at the best version of yourself, the best rendition of yourself? You know, what, what's your morning schedule like? What's your evening schedule like? Paint a picture. Paint an actual picture. Maybe actually, you know, draw something. Yeah. Or at least write down words that you can associate with this ideal self and then check that against the person that you are and be as objective as you can. It's hard, but be as objective as you can. And like, you know, when you're going through life and you start holding yourself accountable to some of these minimum standards, then what happens is those minimum standards are also your early warning signs list. Mm -hmm. So on coaching calls, what I've done for years um, is I've made, I've asked people to create a list of their early warning signs. And again, we're real estate coaches. So the early warning sign would be, for example, if your magic number says you're supposed to make 10 proactive contacts a day, if you're not doing it, that's a good early warning sign. If your business plan calls for you to go on three listing appointments a month and you're not doing it, that's an early warning sign. And in- I'll give you a real obvious one from yes, a coach's ma'am. perspective. Yes, ma'am. We call for your coaching call and your voicemail's full. Yeah. And then go. you come to the call talking about how you don't have any leads. Well, how about this one? <laughs> right? Another oh, early warning sign is, yeah. is if you're spending all 95% of your time looking for gimmicks. Yes. You're looking for shiny objects. You're looking for ways to buy leads. You're trying things. I hate that word. Trying, getting ready to get started. Those are early warning signs. There's a reason that something like 90% of all agents fail out of real estate within, you know, like 24 months. And the answer is simple. It's because they don't do the real work of real estate. They believe that it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. It's not being successful is and being, you know, the person that you guys all want to be and differing, you know, levels and intent levels of intensity. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be work. It's supposed to be hard. Yep. But when you get in the pattern and the motions and you start building the positive momentum that you want and you break these negative momentum cycles because you've taken the time to recognize that you're accumulating negative momentum in your life, when you actually do that work, then you're going to say, you know what? You know what? Damn it. They're right. I remember five years ago, when I was making proactive lead generation contacts, I was making seven contacts a day. And I remember that year I sold 60 houses and we made $500,000. And, and, and I was able to spoil my family and I was able to buy some rental properties. And I paid all my taxes on time. And I was also going to the gym. I was going to the gym in the morning. Huh, maybe going to the gym in the morning or working out in your own neighborhood or whatever. Maybe that had something to do with the reason I had better energy and enthusiasm throughout the day. So what else was different about me then? You start making the list. Now, if you've never had that, a, a, a good run of success, then you need to start paying attention and listening to what other people are doing and start attaching yourself to those qualities. There's so many books written about this stuff. There's so many books written about, you know, getting in shape and drinking water and being low carb. It's not a mystery. You don't have to try to go out and research it. Well, but you bring up an interesting point because I'm sure we have some listeners that are going, well, I, you know, I can't relate to that best day ever in real estate because maybe it's been so long because maybe they're really new to it. Maybe they've just never, you know, failure to launch. There are people listening in that situation. And so I think you make a good point that if you can't use that reference, the reason I like that reference for people that can is because you just proved to them that they can do it because it was them that did it. But the people who didn't, what you said, 
Find somebody that has, read books about doing it, and be like that. Even better. Emulate them. Even better, associate with a brokerage that has people in it that are trying to basically be energetic, enthusiastic, and elevate themselves in life, right? That's right. Or associate with Julie and I. I mean, we're always in a hyperactive state of looking for ways to improve. Well, Napoleon Hill said your mastermind does not have to be in your own backyard. You're right. It doesn't even have to be people you know. It doesn't even have to be people that are alive. They can be people from history, which, by the way, we're touching on two things. We want to give you a free copy of our real estate treasure map, which is our fill in the blank business plan. And we want to give you a free copy of Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, the public domain version. And it's simple. All you have got to do is text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 855, text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Go ahead and do that now. And we'll text you back a link where you can download those uh, books. And by the way, there's four other books there too, including the 12 month lead generation plan and some other things as well. So go ahead and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. So guys, make your list of running warning signs. So let's round the bend today on today's show. I have a question for you. Sure. I love asking questions that make you uncomfortable on the podcast. Gotta go. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> podcast over. Yeah. So what are your early warning signs? Oh, those are easy for me. Okay. And I do try to monitor them. Um, well, let me pick a category. Sure. Okay. Your early warning signs for physical. Uh, eating stuff that I shouldn't. No, you're not giving the real drill down ones. Give them, these are our friends. This is our family. Tell them the real drill down ones. I, I'm serious. When I get into the habit of like, I really like toast. I could eat toast all day long. When I allow myself to get into those habits. Um, it used to be when Zoe was younger, like snacking on kid snacks. Yeah. Because they're right there. And so an early warning it. sign, how do you monitor yourself as to whether or not you're over consuming and stuff you shouldn't be eating? What's the one thing you pay attention to? Um, wait. I don't know if, yeah, I mean, wait. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, if, is your business profitable? Right. Yes or no. But isn't that the wait, bottom line? Wait, am I at my ideal weight? Right. That's, that's how I monitor. Although now I'm trying to build muscle, so it's a little bit harder to know exactly But that where. is the early warning sign. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I won't ask what your weight is, 115 pounds. So if you go, <laughs> so where do you, so how long, how far out of whack will you allow I yourself? I will only allow myself a, a two pound slide. Okay. Maybe two and a half. Now let's, again, I can do the same thing if yeah. you want to turn the tables on me. So no, it's don't do it. Okay, <laughs> don't no. do it. So, so when no. you, yeah. so at one point, you, when we were selling real estate, right? Yeah. And you and I are perfecting the art of rewarding ourselves every Friday with a really great pizza. You remember that pizza place in New Albany? Yes. Really that, great. Eagles, I can tell Eagles. you. Eagles. Right? Oh, yeah. How to find it. Kick ass, wasn't it? <laughs> if you're in New Albany, Ohio, Eagle. don't start an Eagles pizza habit. It's hard to... Okay. So yeah. we gained a lot of weight. Yeah. I was up to 190 pounds, 189 pounds. I was and you probably were, 128 or so. Yeah, you were like 130. Yeah, exactly. yeah somewhere in there. Okay, and Julie's 5'5", five, five, and she was 130. Yeah. Now, and uh, she's not, I'm, we're giving you this information because we're trying to be completely transparent about, uh, you know, we're human too, yeah. and we slid, and this was back when we were well, selling real estate, but yeah. you went from essentially a fi- size zero two to a size six. Yeah. Okay, and I did too, right? Not sure. a zero two to a six, but, <laughs> right. you know. The I man went, version. Right, the man version, right? Yeah. So you and rationalized allowing yourself to go from a zero to a zero to a six, knowing you were doing it, how, tell me what was no. See, I don't. I don't think that I knew really that I was until doing you got it. there. And I'll tell you why, and this really especially applies to our younger listeners, because when I was in my twenties, I could eat like that all day long, and it would not move the needle. But it know? wasn't easy for you to accept the fact no, that it had happened. Okay, right. because I it, it wasn't until I got to that point that I realized that it was that bad. It was incremental, just like we were talking about. Okay. Now I recognize certainly certain early warning signs to maintain that discipline, but traveling from mid-20s to mid-30s, right? And 
I think the other bad habit that we had was not just the pizza, but it was kind of like late night pizza yep. every week. You know, and that will catch up with you. Damn, when you love really good pizza right now, honestly. I know, well, I mean, we we have a couple of friends here right now that don't work out. They're in their mid-30s, and I'm like, one day that is going to catch up with you. It already is. You know, it's yeah. starting to. And so, but, um, but, I'm but I think that's it. And I wasn't working out like I do now. But the question that I'm asking you, yeah. and there's magic in the answer if you allow mm-hmm. yourself to be introspective and drill down mm-hmm. on this. Because this is what you and I have been talking about with these guys sure. for the last half hour. Mm-hmm. So you knew when you were going from 115 pounds to 130. Mm-hmm. You knew you were when you were going from size zero two to a size six. And you allowed yourself to do it by rationalizing that it was okay. Why? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know a lot of size zeros at the time. Okay, for but one that's thing. what you said. I remember. Well, I mean, it was, I mean, for a lot of people, their goal is size six. So, right. you know. I, and there's nothing wrong with that. And but, there isn't anything wrong with yeah. that. But that's, that's part of it is, I, I, I think, you know, had there been an orange theory where I was going to the gym and seeing where I should I had, I don't know, I just kind of snuck up on me. To but be that with you. sneaking up, that's what we're talking it's about. It's complacency, though. That was an early warning sign, though. Yes. And this is when I'm, and I experienced the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I went from a 31 waist to like a 36 to like a 38 inch, and I'm only 5'9. I'm not tall. Julie and I are, you know, not tall people. Yeah. And, you know, I would start wearing these big smocky shirts. And... Well, see, that's an early warning sign. And I, I think I did that too, where like, you when you're shopping, you're like, oh no, that might be too tight. I'm going to go with something a little bit more floopy. But you don't think about no, it. No, it's subconscious. It is subconscious. And so that's the that's and it's not. That's the, what you have to learn. That's right. That's what we're talking about today is learning to recognize that. But scale this to another topic, right? Sure. And we just keep this one general. But think when it comes to like finances. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to finances, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. When it comes to skill set, I'll, I'll give you an example I remember very clearly. Mm-hmm. You and I uh, sold over 100 houses our first year in the business. We had way too much. This is before the internet, okay? So some of you weren't born. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> no, you I, know what they all just thought? Everybody that before the internet, they're like, how? Could you possibly sell 100 houses without the internet? Yeah, without buying leads. How do you do that? Well, so I remember very clearly you and I had um, like really one, like three really ever-increasing great years. And then I remember we started going to the Howard Britton things. And Howard made us a Howard Britton star. Mm -hmm. And we started hanging out with all these Howard stars that were like, oh, no, you're not successful until you've got a team. Oh, no, you got to work on your brand. This was in the 90s, listeners. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you starting to get a little – are we shedding some light into why our – Formidable years mm-hmm. in real estate were formational in us creating our philosophy of coaching. It's from personal experience and the experiences of literally tens of thousands of agents. I hope you're understanding. We are absolutely genuine. We are not full of it. We are not preaching theory when we coach you as personal experience. So we went to these Howard Britton things. We were surrounded by all these people who were, buy, you know, buy, build your logo. And this is before the internet. You want to have, um, you know, you want to do direct mail. You need to have, you need to become the house sold name. You want to be the mayor of your town. You guys think all this crap's new? No, it's been around forever. Magazine. The same stuff. Oh, your marketing's not working. Do more of the marketing. Oh, you just need a brand. You need to make it someone th- someone's thinking about selling real estate. They automatically think of you. Again, crap, all this stuff's been around 30, 40 years. It's not new. Those of you who are new in real estate, they've been flinging this, you know, stuff at you guys forever because you buy it because you believe it. It's not true. We did too for a while. And we did. And then we started doing it. So we added a team. We had like nine buyer's agents. We had we had two listing specialists. We were so big and badass and frankly running a profit-free business that we bought a big moving truck and had our names all over the side. We did all this other stuff. We did direct mail. We had our own homes magazine. And here's what happened. This is honestly what happened. Everyone thought we were the greatest thing since sliced bread. 
you know, we're selling all these houses, making all this money, getting all these awards and all this accolades. And okay, so in comes our accountant named Fred. His name is Fred. Well, what, he's not our accountant anymore, but he comes into our house and he's bringing our tax return for like our third year or our fourth year. I don't remember. And then he's pointing out all the money we made, all of our expenses. And he pointed out what the net was. And the net was, and then he, he didn't really say anything. He didn't look at me when he said it. He basically said, you realize that your first year in the business, when you guys made, made basically a third of the amount of money you made in, in revenue, that you made almost double what you're making in profit this year. So in other words, like a million dollars didn't equal basically like 150 grand in profit. Whereas our first year in the business, it, you know, I don't remember the numbers, but maybe it was 300,000. We made like 225,000, something yeah. like that. And I remember thinking, I didn't get it at first because my ego didn't want to hear it because mm-hmm. I figured, how could we possibly be on the wrong path? We're making more money. We're selling more houses. All these people are thinking we're the greatest thing ever. We're being asked to speak places. We're being asked to you know, be on magazine covers and people are writing articles about us and all this other stuff. We were one of the first big teams in the nation. And so then I started thinking about the numbers and I went back to Julie and we hadn't bought any rental properties that, that year. Our first two years in the business, we bought a bunch of rental properties and then we stopped buying rental properties and we both got fat. <laughs> okay, you guys getting me with all this? Early all this signs. happens. But we hadn't been paying attention to our own early warning signs, which had always been, why did we get in real estate? Because we wanted to someday be rich where our money worked for us and we no longer had to work for our money. And the way we wanted to do it back then was buying rental properties and having them paid off. And we stopped doing it because we allowed other people's um, you know, essentially other people's motivations for us to co-op what our own were. We went to those Howard Britton groups and all these other people were sort of w- that we looked up to. There were, most of them were more than twice our age. We thought, well, they must know what they're talking about. And it didn't take for us. It took us two years to figure out uh, that they didn't really, they didn't know what they were talking about. They were successful selling houses and generating a lot of revenue. But what they were mostly, mostly terrible at is making any profit. Well, you forget maybe another catalyst during this time which was that that whole introspection of maybe we're spending too much and we're driving our profit down was not actually our first thought. Our first thought was, well, hell, I guess we ought to sell 300 houses instead of 200. Exactly. Maybe that'll solve the problem. Right. Until we met somebody whose name I won't mention in, I think, Atlanta, who was already doing 300 deals per year. Zach. Yes. And uh, there, there was a mastermind where and he was we were super t- honest. Where he was Sweet talking man. about his He's net. Still in real estate. Yes, and his net was uh, not that different than what ours had been, but he had to push through another hundred as, as a percent, houses, as a percent, yes. right? And so what we were what that we, was an aha moment. And how many people like that? Zach's little conversation with us yep. at a Howard event was like it was it was, aff- it was affirming, life changing. What nobody else would tell us, because no, no. we were on this path that many of you think you're supposed to be following, and you can sell more houses. You will get a lot of awards. You might even get on magazine covers. They might write folk songs about you that a thousand <laughs> years from now when we're all living on Mars, they're going to sing about Bob and his first year selling real estate. But you won't have any profit. Yep. You so won't have anything to show for it. And that is the point. That You got into real estate not just to churn revenue. You got into real estate, hopefully, to improve the life, your personal life, the lives of the people you know, love, and care about. That you wanted to maybe donate some money. You wanted to. You wanted to actually live life more. And now, what do you find yourself on? If you follow that path, you find yourself a slave to your ego in the expectations, the hopes, and the dreams that other people have supposedly for you. But their hopes and dreams are essentially uh, they're wanting you to do these things to serve them. And I'll I'm going to really make this clear. 
And we piss people off when we say this. By we, I mean me, because Julie doesn't say this because she doesn't want to piss people off. <laughs> but I don't mind saying it. Okay. So why is the why does the team thing get promoted? Why? Who benefits from the team thing? If it's a profitless model, if an agent can sell two hundred, make earn two hundred thousand dollars and keep a hundred, the same net that someone making a million dollars would keep. So if it's not in the best interest, financial interest of the agent. Why is it so promoted and why is it so essentially it's because people are making money from you believing that's the way to go. You know, people are actually, when was the last time you went to a real estate event where they talked about profit? <laughs> it's funny just to think about it. I mean, it never happened. I remember us being kind of dumbfounded by going to things and Emphasis going, on why, dumb. Why, why aren't they talking about this? Yeah, I know? remember we were at a Howard Brinton event again, and we were sitting at the Star Power event. Well, was, and don't get us wrong. We have a lot of Howard friends. Oh, yeah, It's yeah. not that they're bad people. It's no. It's that we were, we were in this Our motivation zone. was different. Right. Right. They wanted to, they wanted to be, six, they wanted to be uh, famous. Famous, right. Right. So. And Julie and I just wanted to be financially free. And I asked you guys this question on the podcast. If you had to choose... Uh, between being famous and being rich, which would you choose? I already know, depending on your age, 99% of you, if you're younger than, say, 35, you're going to say it's fame. That's what you want. You're looking for recognition from strangers. But I promise you, as you add on some years, you're going to wish you would have made the decision to be rich. And in order to do that, you're going to have to make different decisions about what you're doing with your time and your money, but primarily your skill set. So all this circulates back to early warning signs. Some of you haven't yet taken the time to develop the actual disciplines that are going to be necessary for you to have long-term levels of, of success. So I'm going to go back to finishing our little story, our story of woe. <laughs> we fired all the buyer's agents. Yep. Uh, all of them went bye-bye. We kept one, right? Rochelle, who still works for us, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we uh, started basically going back to doing what we did the first uh, primary, primarily the first two years. We stopped the marketing stuff. We went back to being proactive lead generation. And it was hard to go back to it. It was really hard because my ego and Julie's ego thought, well, we are hot shit. We, and everyone knew who we were. How is it that we're going to talk ourselves into picking up the phone and doing the stuff that we had to do when we were new, right? We had to push past that. And we started doing it. And guess what happened? Our business basically became very profitable again. We started buying rental properties again. <laughs> That's what we did. So we did take a little, you know, side trip into the model that is being so pushed on agents. Again, why is it being pushed on agents? Because brokers would rather have you recruiting agents for your team and adding agents to their brokerage than having to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So if the big brand brokerage can convince you your way forward is to form a team, now you have to start hiring licensees. What you're doing is you're helping them. You're creating revenue for them because when that new team member comes in, they're paying what? Monthly fees. They're paying franchise fees. They're paying, you know, all these other fees that have to be paid. They're not optional because you recruit that agent. There's a cost and there's a profit that gets pushed up to the broker, the region holder, the franchise holder, the owners, right? That's the reason they want you to do something that's not necessarily in your best interest. Okay, let's even scale it even more. Post 2007, Zillow comes, you know, Zillow is all of a sudden the big thing. All these other companies are spawned. All this buying leads, Mickey Mouse starts to become commonplace. Many of you have gotten into the business, you've only known buying leads. All of those technology companies are going to say the same thing. Form a team, buy leads, form a team, buy leads, form a team, buy leads. Because that's what they do. They want to sell you leads. None of them are going to tell you what, what we tell you. When you go to somebody's real estate event, you go to someone's real estate site, and they've got a, Zill a coach, for example, or a trainer, and you see a Zillow logo on it, 
doesn't that maybe perhaps tell you what they're going to want you to do? And, yeah. and maybe Zillow's paying them to say that. Of course they are. You've got to be thinking if you're wanting to build profit, your product and your business is profit. You've got to remember that. Ultimately, it's happy customers and all the rest of it. And when you do that in abundance, you will have lots of profit. If you don't, you won't. It's that simple. But we're asking you to really, really be serious with yourself and really be introspective and write down a list of your early warning signs. Write down, you know, finish your real estate treasure map. Because look, it's the 14th of January. The first month of 2021, which should be your best year ever, is half over. Are you still getting ready to get started? Have you filled out your treasure map yet? What are you doing? Are you just basically saying, I'm going to get back, I'm going to go to the gym one day. And all the while you're going to the gym and you come home and you're, you know, eating pizzas and you're not getting any thinner. Well, let's put two and two together there. Here, you guys want to know how to lose weight? I'm going to tell you. Ready? Here it is. Cut the carbs. That's it. (laughs) Right? I just told you. Uh, You know, cut the carbs. Reduce your carb intake down to 50 grams or less per day. And if you're overweight, chances are everything that you're eating has too much carbs in it. Read the label. Carbohydrates. Avoid them. And what happens is when you intake carbs from uh, food, right, what happens is your body then doesn't intentionally burn the body fat it has. So the your body needs energy. The body's going to you know, receive the carbs from the donut you just ate. And your body's going to say, I'm not going to burn the fat that I've got in storage in case one day in the future we don't have that donut to rely upon. You do that every single day. You get fatter and fatter and fatter. And your body just says, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to, I'm not going to, you know, you're now essentially taking in more carbs than you actually need. And I'm going to start adding it on as fat. Fat is essentially the accumulation of your body's storage of potential needs for future energy. It's like if you had, uh, like here in Puerto Rico, we have generators and we have a diesel tank and it's sitting there unspent fuel in the event that we might need it to run our generator. That's what body fat is. So if you want to earn, lose body fat, It's really simple no matter what your age is. It's simple to understand. It's hard to do, right? Cut the carbs. Even if you don't work out, which is not what I'm suggesting, but even if you don't work out and you cut the carbs, your body will go into a state of ketosis. That's not a bad thing. And then you're going to have your body start burning fat. And you will go from, uh, you'll go through carb withdrawal. And then after that, you're going to start losing weight faster than you can possibly imagine. Now, here's what I've done. Every time I've, I've said this on this podcast, mm-hmm. I've always had in about six months, uh, someone say, I had never realized it was that simple. I did yeah. it. And this is how much weight I lost. Sure. Isn't yeah, that amazing? Because they want to have like a magic supplement that does it for them. But look at the weight loss industry. They want to, oh, yeah. you know. No, the, no. It's overcomplicated. The, overcomplicated. Just like real estate, by the way. Right. It can't just be that easy. You can't just, you know, pick up the phone and talk into it. That couldn't be it. Okay. I've often wondered yeah. whether or not it's the it's the person like is it your ego that wants something to be complicated, or is it just someone trying to sell you something knowing like where's the well it's both it's both yeah it's a symbiotic relationship right it's not complicated I just told you how to lose body fat well and I can tell you the first two weeks are probably the worst probably yep. the first week is especially bad yep. drink lots of water and I have discovered a lot of different websites for keto recipes and you know like stuff I wouldn't have come up well, with see now on you just overcomplicate it. Well, I, I'm saying some people like to cook or they like to, you know, whatever. There's a, a lot of great things. You don't have to just eat, you know, steak and water every day. Well, steak and water sounds good to me. I, but basically, My point is it's it, not, again, it's not as hard as you make it. You can right. get a lot of help with that. Have a protein-based diet. That's the bottom line. And cut out right. anything that has carbs. Um, and, and you'll lose weight. And yeah. so the same thing. If you're wanting to gain wealth, here's an idea. Start doing the things that other people aren't doing. Start doing them at a high level. 
Start doing them consistently every day. Go to the people who are already in your marketplace, have their hands up in the air and say, I have a house to sell. That would be the obvious sources of business. Why would you want to make it so damn complicated and think you have to create all these ridiculous funnels and think you have to be the mayor of your town and build a brand and somehow magically, because you've done a bunch of TikTok videos, think people are going to associate you with being the person who they're going to list their house with. Why are you making it that complicated? Why? When, by the way, on your way to uh, Starbucks today to buy that double latte espresso in your donut, you drove past three Fizbos. Right. Or, or, and at or, least three expireds. And there, there are six expireds that had you just turned this direction that expired like six months ago. They'd be ready to list their house again. They just don't know that their house has increased in value. Or how about all the, the you know, all the others? I read an article we're posting on our website, timandjulieharris.com, about all of these um, mortgage forbearances. Some of these are not getting reactivated, and these houses are going to be forced to come for sale. Mm-hmm. Some of them are in default. Defaults are increasing. So why aren't you contacting the notice of defaults? Why aren't you contacting any of the 20 other sources that we teach you how to do in our coaching program? And these sources do not cost you a damn nickel to call, to generate. It's all free. Why isn't other people telling you this? I know because they don't want you to know that you don't need to overcomplicate things. They want you to think you have to create this expensive team brand logo how you have to have fancy funnels and log in, learn to be a copywriter. You have to da 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 You don't. You just have to learn to be a proactive lead generator and do the real work of real estate. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys? Well, you know, make it as simple as possible. Boil it down. I think Einstein said everything should be presented in its most simple state to understand it. Yeah. Well, that's Occam's razor too, right? Yeah. I'm the essence of it. The, yeah, the, so stop the, the, the simplest answer is almost always the yeah. correct answer. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's successful at anything in life knows that's true. It is true. I mean, I, you know, in my musician's brain, I always flash back to, well, that's why you have to do scales all the time because yeah. music's made out of scales. Duh. And yet... <laughs> I always hated scales because the discipline of it was torture. Right. And and same thing, you know, so it's the discipline of it. But then on the other side of it, everything is so much better. You, I think you just have to live through that first doing of it to get to the other side. And it's like, you know, we talk about our jet analogy where you keep on landing the plane. You never get to take off. So I, I think really everything in life is kind of like that. And don't spend it. Look, guys, we're, you know, we love mindset. It's the first chapter in our book. Mm-hmm. But this is the big mistake a lot of you guys are making. You're already making it. All those mindset gurus, all those self-help guys, they know that all of you guys come out of the woodwork this time of year. You're going to work on your mindset. You're going to make these, you know, the pledges to yourself that you're going to somehow, you know, do all these big things in life. But, oh, oh they're going to tell you, first thing you got to do, Bob, is you got to work on your mindset. What's your mindset? Until your mindset's right, you're never going to do anything else in life. Guys, that's just somebody trying to sell you something. I'm not saying there's not value to the mindset stuff, but if you want to have a powerful mindset, here's the answer. It's not more complicated than this. Get into action. When you get into action, what you're going to find is your mindset automatically improves, and you won't even remember feeling like you had some kind of doubt. You'll just be in action doing the real work of real estate, you'll then start experiencing success a little bit at first and then real success. And then your mindset will magically improve. And guess what? You'll never think about it again. Working on your mindset because <laughs> you'll know the answer is getting into action. Yep. So here's your action now, guys. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link, download the real estate treasure map, get to work. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, 
visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.